Hey everyone, it's Justin of the Survival of the Artist podcast, and guess what? We got a new home. We're moving to new H2O. Most of you know me as the editor of rapzilla.com. Well, recently made an acquisition that picked up newh2o.com, and we're going to provide marketing and distribution for indie artists, as well as creating a hub for these people to be covered exclusively there. That doesn't mean they're not going to be on Rapzilla, but it means there's just going to be a place where you can find all of your favorite new indie artists without posts by major guys or editorials or other things kind of getting in the way. We're going to have everything covered. And I mean, with the spirit of survival of the artist podcast and what we're trying to do with new H2O, it's, it's really just a perfect fit to be there. It's a chance to have a bigger audience and a chance for more of you to hear the great stories that are being told on this show. Basically, the gist of it is I have 11 questions. I go through different aspects of their career that would maybe kind of highlight how they've made it past certain things, uh, what it's like being indie or now if they're signed, uh, some of those differences, what you can do in courting record labels. By the end of it, you'll have a good idea of how to survive in 2019 from somebody out there who's doing it. Right now, I'm on episode 14. We're going to upload some of the older ones throughout, but we want to kick it off nice and brand new with the fresh episode with Eric Heron, who's currently an indie artist, 2018 Rapzilla freshman, and somebody who I believe a lot of you are quite familiar with. Follow me on Twitter at Justin Sarachik. The Sarachik's a little tough, S-A-R-A-C-H-I-K. You can leave me some feedback, hit me with some DMs. Let me know what you like or don't like about the podcast. I'm gonna apologize in advance. The energy is a little low on this next one. It was past midnight and we had been kind of scrambling around and rescheduling the dates a bunch. I have a small child at home. I'm very tired, but uh, you know, don't worry, you're gonna have a good time. So everyone, without further ado, here is Survival of the Artist podcast featuring Eric Heron. Please enjoy. Hey everybody, what's going on? After a little bit of break, we are back with episode 14 of the Survival of the Artist podcast. Following up Kristen Gray about a month ago, we are here today with Eric Heron. What up? Hey, what's up? What's up, man? How's it going? Uh, I'm doing well, man. Um, now, Eric, Eric, you are out in Texas now? You're back? Currently, yeah, for, for a couple months. Just moved out of... From, from a small town in Oklahoma, I'm back home in San Antonio for a couple months, and then I'll be moving to Nashville, oh, hopefully man. before the summer, but by the latest the summer. Wow, so so you've been moving, man. Um, Na- Nashville's where it's oh. at for music, though. All over the place. Yeah, I think I'll be like in one of those suburbs outside Nashville. Not quite. Like Franklin or something like in that. In Nashville. Mount, uh, Mount Juliet is where I'm looking right now, which is... Okay where i've been told to live. also lebanon i i've seen you I've posting that. some country songs on your instagram is this is this a sign of things to come right i'm just trying to incorporate more country music into my i feel like that's where I, that's where my calling has always been country music um no i'm just kidding i just love that do you even consider i post one song i actually don't like country music don't <laughs> hate me if you like country music it's but where i the money's do at. love 
John Denver's dude, uh, Take Me Home Country Roads. That's the one I'll post all day, every day. Cause that song, that song's a bop, dude. Sounds crazy good. The, I don't think that's country though. I thought that was like classic rock. I guess it's classic country. Country rock? It could be country, country rock. Classic country rock? Man, I guess, yeah. I don't know. We'll, we'll see what collabs you come up with now. Maybe you could get some, yeah. or you get some nice CCM uh, collabs out there. Is there any country Christian music? <laughs> well, is that a thing? You know, if you want to do the quote-unquote, almost all country music is Christian music. Oh, that's true. That's, well, I guess, yeah. Mm. I don't know. We'll but, see. Yeah. I guess okay. you'll find out. <laughs> you'll you'll scout that out. Yeah, I'll, I'll find out. I'll see how it goes. All right, I'm so I'm start wearing cowboy hats. <laughs> well, you are from Texas, so it'll be okay. All right, let let's get to a real question. So you you briefly just spoke about yourself, but in your own words, who are you? What do you do? And what is your claim to fame? Claim to fame. Uh, well, I am Eric Heron, born Eric Garza, um, in Miami, Florida, to a couple of Cuban immigrants. Uh, grew up and raised in Texas my whole life with my uh, two brothers. Was a former D1 college baseball player, turned passionate hip hop artist, turned Christian in the middle of all that. So currently, I am a well, I, the terminology is a Christian hip hop artist, but there's so many. There's that whole argument of whether I'm a Christian who raps or a rapper who's Christian. I don't know. I, I don't get in that. You can label me whatever you want to label me. Um, I am a Christian and I make hip hop. So. All right, that that's that was that was easy enough. Do do you have what do you have a claim to fame? Like do you do you think there's something that you're known for more than anything else? Uh maybe a, just like a couple of the songs. I know I get I get some some props though for that Dawn song that, that I think you were the first to cover. I think that was back in Rapzilla. Um shout out Rapzilla to anyone who's listening to the podcast who doesn't know. Mm-hmm. Um that was like one of the first projects that uh, that Rapzilla posted for me, and that song kind of took off. So I'll, I'll take a little maybe Don or, or Obi Wan is my claim to fame so far. Yeah, Obi Wan's your your biggest song, right, on Spotify? Or it, at yeah, least it was. Play, but Don Don's creeping up. The Don may have surpassed it. Wow. Well, that's some nice longevity for you. Yeah, I appreciate it. Every stream is another uh, quarter of a penny in my pocket. So. Now, yeah, well, just just because I know you, I'm I'm gonna ask it. I'm gonna ask you this way. I know that you tend to like from project to project. You tend to like not like what you previously released. Is, previously did. Right? Yeah. Is is Dawn one of those songs, or you or do you still feel like good about that one? No, I actually. So, um, for anyone who's listening who doesn't know my music, I engineer, mix, and mastered a lot of the music up until like this latest album uh, myself. So. Obviously, as I grew in that area, not just in terms of the the vocals of the music, but in terms of the engineering, I always tend to hate what I've previously done. Um, and that one is actually one where I felt I mixed it pretty pretty well, and that's more of a testament to uh, to the talent on the track and A Biv, who goes by Antoine Bradford now, and uh, What Up RG, because they gave me clean vocals to start. So there's not much I had to do. Yeah, and that would, that's a pretty early uh, "What Up RG" feature too. It is, yeah. You caught you caught him at a good time. Um, <laughs> I did, man. Yeah. So, all right. So now, you know, you you've moved around the last couple of years. You've put out about a project a year, right? 
kind of. Yeah, that's so, in the, an album a year is fair. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, how, how long did it take you to get to where you're at right now? And whatever, and I guess that could mean something different to you. Like, do, do you, I guess where you're at now, I don't know if you feel like it's a good place or you still have a ways to go, but I guess just where you're at now in, you know, February 2019. Right. How, uh, so, so my story is probably a little different than others because when I was first starting to release music, it wasn't my main priority or passion or, or business, I guess. It was, I was still in college and I was still um, playing college baseball. So that was the focus. Um, and so I guess I had the benefit of pursuing this as more of a side hobby thing and just releasing stuff for free. And I was releasing stuff for free back in like 2015, um, 2015, mm-hmm. 2016, 20, my, my very first song I sold wasn't until, um, 2017 after two years of releasing free, free music. So, um, technically this is a four year, almost five year musical journey. Um, and as far as where where I am and where I want to be, I'd say uh, I'd say I'm right where I have planned to be. I'm right in the area that I think I need to be, but definitely nowhere near where I want to be. Right, um, and that's just being able to. So I can I can live paycheck to paycheck off the music, but it's not comfortable living and definitely not enough to provide for family at this point, just solely based off the music. And I feel like when I get to that point um, is when I feel like I have quote unquote made it. Um, And then you can get into the argument of, you know, what, what God's will for your life is and God's plan um, for your life is for anyone who's listening to the podcast who doesn't know me, I'm a a Christian. So um, you can, you can get into that and maybe, Mm -hmm. It's that I find out later that this was never meant to be, and that's okay. I don't. The one thing that that makes it easy is I could care less for for uh, fame and notoriety. I actually kind of resent it. So um, if I if I could find a way to make music um, and make dope music and not have to worry about all the terrible stuff that comes fame, that would be that would be a one. A one. So I mean, I I like that answer, and I like. You know, I've I've gotten to know know you pretty well over the years, and I remember that first interview that I did with you, which I think it wasn't 2015. I think it was 2016. 20, like fall 2016, man. Yeah. Yeah. Dang, we've known each other for a while, man. Yeah. You 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 were walking home, I think, from school next to an airport. Uh, so it was a very yeah. it was a very noisy interview, but I remember, you know, you telling <laughs> I remember you telling me about your goals then. And I remember getting off the phone with you and I was like, I don't know if I told you this or not, but I told the Rebzilla team that, you know, I think Eric Heron, he has something and I think he's going to do really well because he's very smart, um, consider like very like music savvy and business smart considering where you were cool. at yeah, at yeah, the yeah. time. No, I don't think you ever told me, I don't think you ever told me that specific thing okay so, so you're getting cool. so we're getting a live reaction from eric on the podcast yeah. <laughs> um all the stuff you've been holding out on okay. yeah yeah I, I couldn't i couldn't reveal it all all at once and uh i, I mean another, another cool thing was that you know you had made it a goal like that year i think you told me you wanted to be a rapzilla freshman and i told you like that i didn't think you were ready and that you should try to do it for the next year and then what happened right you, I, I remember you, that yeah you definitely deserved it the next year over mm-hmm. 
when you thought and you worked hard and that's a testament to uh to you man and the other thing you wanted to come play a show in new york so we figured out a way and we you came here that, yeah. and we played a show in new york so yeah. eric that was correct. You're doing it, man. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. No, I'm done. Yeah, I mean, you're doing it. You you set in a goal and you get it done. For sure. And now it's it's actually kind of like where am I now is a little hazy because I don't know exactly where to set my my goals musically in terms of because it's just man the music industry is so weird. I mean, that's the simplest way to put it. Is like yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, you can do what you know what works and what doesn't, but it's you know it's about art and, and not compromising what works for a assembly line of you know making easy hits so uh from here it's actually gonna be a cool little cool little journey to see what, what the next move is and what the next goal is but i definitely have something in mind and i'm not just aimlessly wandering about the uh well that, that's the good. industry so <laughs> for okay. sure <laughs> okay so now what about i mean you're you're living this indie grind right now so what would you say yes are some of your biggest hurdles um, because of this? Man, money, 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 money. Um, that it's it's actually uh, for people who aren't in the music industry who may not know. It's just how much money that goes on behind the scenes that you need to put into the music to not only have a quality project product, but to make that product heard and spread. Um, and as much as people may not want to admit it yeah obviously your art has to be good but you need money mm-hmm. to push it and to promote it to and to get it into the hands of the right people um it's just a fact of life whether it's a good or bad thing um that money is necessary to uh to make it so the people who are who are willing to not compromise their art and also work their butts off to have the finances to pour back into the music those are the guys who are going to be successful yeah, and it's crazy thing like on the flip side is you might not be that talented, might not have a great anything, but if you have a ton of money, you can oh, kind of sure. you yeah. can kind of make it work, which which really well yeah really sucks. Uh, to go to piggyback off that the other medium uh, is is clout quote unquote that you can have and a music and someone savvy in the music industry who is looking to make a quick buck for a. For a label or for themselves, can find someone with clout and turn them into a a rapper in a day off the song they didn't write. Um, and dude, there's we can name probably ten off the top of our head who are people who got famous from memes or or yeah. clout chasing or doing crazy stunts, and then they make a couple rap songs and those things go freaking platinum because everything goes platinum nowadays. Um, and then they fizzle out after a year or two years and and the people who and they made their money and the people who the label who was smart enough or compromising enough I don't you can say whatever you want they yeah. made their money too and, so, and that yeah. that happened it's so prevalent nowadays it, it's a quick it's a quick cash in mm-hmm. all right so so what about you have you spoken to labels or or been courted by labels and like how do you how do you navigate that whole sphere as somebody that's currently indie but you know, might be a little wary of signing a label, or maybe that's something you really want to do. I mean, what's that whole space sure. like? Um, that's actually a lot of territory that I really haven't navigated fully yet. Um, I, I think that's where I, I'm leaning towards heading in the future. If, if there's a label who who sees potential in me and and the deal is right, and it and it's 
beneficial, mutually beneficial for both of us. Yeah, of course. So that's that's definitely where I'm leaning towards. But as as for right now, it's been it's been all not to say this in an egotistical way, but it's been all me in terms of the music yeah. and the management and the and the business side. Um, and I've kind of liked it. I, I, I I've kind of liked having my hands in everything and, and complete control. Um, but at the same time, there's only so much that I can get accomplished by myself in terms of building right. a brand or, or just getting music out there known. And as I continue to grow artistically, hopefully, and, and keep making better and better quality art, I want to make sure that it doesn't just get lost to the millions of songs that come out every day. Right? Yeah. So that's, uh, yeah, that's all unfamiliar territory that I'm starting to navigate now. So we'll see, man. 2019 is an important year, very important year, I think, for, for where I'm at. Yeah, I mean, in 2019 and then moving to the heart of where music is, and especially like uh, Christian music is, um, mm-hmm. you know, with with rap, country, CCM, rock, like everything is in Nashville. Maybe Nashville, except man. maybe yeah. except for hip hop, but I mean, for CHH, there's a lot in Nashville. Even, yeah, well, just mainstream hip hop is not very no, right. that's New York and LA. Right, right. Um, and that's understandable, but just everything. I don't want to say connections, but everything that just flows through Nashville. So, as an indie artist, so who doesn't have a, uh, um, I guess it's a curse and a blessing. Uh, I'm mid twenties. I don't have a family yet. And so that it's easy to be able to say, okay, I have this vision um, and I have this goal and I can pick up and move to Nashville in a couple months and pursue it without having to, um, to worry about, uh, about putting your family above that. Cause mm-hmm. obviously that's, that's more important. So that's, it's a little bit of a curse in the blessing. That that's kind of where I'm at. Like I, I have a family, so it's not like, Mm-hmm. Even even when when I got married, it wasn't just like, hey, I'm just gonna go out now and hang out with some friends and do whatever. It's like, wait, right. not, I have to like everything changes. I have to tell somebody. <laughs> Somebody's depending on me to be here at some point. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, you you could take full advantage of that right now, and you know you might as well do it while you can, right? For sure, yeah, and hopefully that's not too long because the uh, the single life has its benefits, but it uh, definitely has its. <laughs> disadvantages i need some love man (laughs) we all do (laughs) all right so now now with that being said now that you're in going to nashville um you're you're still indie you you've kind of trying to figure out where you're going do you have a sort of like a five-year plan in your mind of where you'd like to be or is it a three-year plan or you know what what's you have a time frame no i think it's more I think it's more like when you think of that metaphor of, of you're driving at night and you have the your headlights on and you can only hear see sorry 200 feet in front of you you know and that's and that's all you can really plan for is that next 200 feet is a metaphor um someone taught me a while back and that's that's the way i'm kind of approaching it now obviously with guests you never want to say like a, i have well i have fallbacks because i mean yeah i mean i have a college degree and i i, I can do other things mm-hmm. um but as far as what I'm passionate at and what I want to build a brand with and, and do is make quality music and, and build a brand off that. And I think um, in the next year, two years, um, that goal of navigating whether I can build a brand big enough or, or 
well enough, I should say, not big, because I guess big doesn't matter, but well enough to, to do it on my own or mm-hmm. to sign with a label or and all those things. And, and I want to have everything figured out on that front in the next year or two, and then hopefully be able to build that brand into, I wouldn't mind working behind the scenes um, in terms of running a label or, or as a manager. Because like I said, man, fame is not something I, I care about. I do, I enjoy making hip hop and making good hip hop yeah. and performing it. I enjoy performing it too, but um, the fact, I don't know, maybe it was, I just built in a weird way, but it's just not something that sounds very appealing to me. I'd rather have not a whole lot of eyes on me. Maybe it's because I know how terrible a person I am. So. <laughs> I don't need everyone. I don't need all the spotlight on me. People are going to see all the bad things I do. No. Right, right. Listen, I know Eric, everybody. He stayed at my house. I have a, a wife and a daughter, and they were fine. He just slept the whole time. It's fine. I think I just slept the whole time. Yeah, dude, I was tired. <laughs> we were supposed to do this podcast in my house six and, months ago yeah. and i think i think he only came out for five minutes the whole time he was here it was like a thousand yeah. degrees in my house um so maybe maybe that's I, what, oh yeah, yeah the ac was out yeah that, maybe that's what it was dude i was just in a coma the whole time he, he was sweating to death <laughs> <laughs> all right so let me ask you this because you you spent a lot of time with um ob well, you lived with OB, and you spent a lot of time with, with Dylan Chase, who's older than you, has a family. Um, and you've, yes. you've just been around a lot of different people. So do you think it's easier for younger artists, or at least artists in your generation, to survive today than maybe someone like five to ten years older than you? Um, yeah, I guess it's you got to separate like the this generation today as as opposed to, because obviously the older guys had the same windows that the younger guys have now before they had families and before. Right, right. And whether it was 10 years ago. So not so much a generational thing, but it definitely is easier just being younger because, um, a, a, like I said, you, you don't have that family for, for the most part. Most of these guys don't have that family and what they do have is, is a vision and a goal and a dream and they pursue it. Um, and also it's just, you know, whether people like it or not, the older you get, the less in touch with culture you get. It's just, it's like a natural thing. I don't know why that could, that may come off as like offensive and bad, uh, make people mad. It's just the older you get, the less in touch because you, you, you do start tend to have different priorities, you know, family and, and building life around that. And it's just, you lose a little bit of touch with, with what's, with what's popular, both musically and just in the culture. So yeah, definitely younger, younger people. That's why, that's why there's these things called like a, it's, it's the same thing in any industry too, in baseball. I mean, except in baseball, it's more of like a physical thing that you lose. And yeah, that's why there's, there's, there's things called quote unquote, like windows of opportunity that people have in baseball that you can't play baseball when you're 65 because you can't do the same physical things that you can do when you're 25. And it's the same way in music. And some people, the, the, the greatest of the great, can survive a little bit longer than most people, like maybe in the forties and fifties. But over time, everyone, everyone loses it. I mean, there's a reason why. I mean, Paul McCartney's still alive, and I, had, I don't know a Paul McCartney number one record in the last twenty years. Maybe that's just me being ignorant. But maybe he does have one. Yeah, it might be. Paul McCartney's the lead singer of the Beatles. For anyone who doesn't know, he is one of the lead singers of the Beatles. One of yeah, John. 
It, it's okay, man. I'm a really big Beatles fan, so. Yeah, um, yeah I know. You got you hopped on that click. <laughs> I was like, yo, wait a second, bro. He was one. Wait, he was wait one. a second. He had a number one yesterday. <laughs> no, um, <laughs> no I, I get what you're saying. Like, basically, he's living off his nostalgia factor of like, hi, I'm Paul McCartney. I was in the greatest band of all time. I'm still going to sell millions, sure. millions of dollars worth of tickets because I'm, you know, a 74-year-old guy who was a genius 50 years ago um, at right. writing music. Um, but and that's I, and I and that's and like I said, I'm ignorant to I'm not uh, to his new music. Like I haven't listened to a Paul McCartney record. Yeah. I, well, I I kind of mean in asking that question too. Like, I guess for maybe the, he does make slappers still. I don't know. I doubt it. He does. He he does uh, collaborate with Kanye now. But um. Does he? Okay. I, he, I remember. He did that. A, I can't remember. He, he just played the guitar. Mariana, right? Yeah, he just Is played the guitar. Okay. But I, I was kind of asking that question more so in terms of of like what's available now for an artist. So like what what are you, 25, 24? 25, yeah. You're, you're 25. So like go yeah. back to when, let's say like Lecrae was 25 or someone else was 25. Like your your limitations and your capabilities as an artist were a lot different. Like no social media, no um you know sure no even yeah. like garage band and and like home stuff so do you think even now that younger people have an advantage just because of what's available or do you think like back then you had the advantage because you just had to be really really good to make it sure yeah i mean i think there's advantages and disadvantages to both because yeah you have a lot more uh opportunity and resources nowadays to make music and make quality music if you're good. Um, and you can, you can sort, you can, there's no barrier to entry, I guess is the term right. to the, to the industry at the lower levels, at the very top of the, at the heart of it. Yeah. There's a barrier to entry. And like we were talking before that usually that barrier involves money. Um, but the barrier to entry is not as wide nowadays because of the resources because a kid who can sing and who's talented and can write songs can make a song in his closet go on youtube learn how to mix and master mix and master it perfectly and it be a great song and can build an organic following off yeah. of soundcloud yeah. uh, as opposed to in 2005 the kid with the same talent maybe couldn't do that but at the same time if you were good in 2005 it was almost easier than to cross that barrier to entry because it wasn't as much competition. So many. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's just so much more music now. And so many more people who are good who can come out of the woodwork because the resources are available. So each, I, I think each generation had its advantages and disadvantages. And I'd like to think the good always comes out uh, on top in any generation. Right. But that's not always true. Yeah, man. In 2005. There is a lot of really bad music that's popular. <laughs> yeah. In, in 2005, you could still sell CDs. Actually, 2005, oh gosh, 2006 yeah. was like the ringtone rap era where people were getting create like chameleon air, like riding dirty. It was like the king was of hip hop. Okay, yeah, was the king of hip hop because of riding dirty. <laughs> that might have been before college dropout or right when graduation. I kind of judge generational. It's funny because you kind of judge like generational music off when certain Kanye albums dropped. I think that was like right around college dropout. Which is yeah, definitely backpack rapping, selling yeah. CDs out of the trunk era, right? Yeah. For anybody, for anybody like that, that is from the Houston area, 
I am a big fan of Chameleon Air, and I think he's really underrated. Um, and that's it. He doesn't make music anymore. Does yeah, he? now he's like a tech guru. So is he? Okay. Yeah, he figured he it sold out. Soldier Boy in it. He Soldier yeah. Boy in it. <laughs> I think he's like really making stuff though, not like Soldier Boy. But he's like, okay. Like <laughs> I have real? this okay. Xbox, but it's called an an X back, and I'm gonna try to sell it like it's something new. Yeah. Yeah. Like Cam Cam's making some some real stuff. What do you think so far? Would you say is your biggest success as an artist, or like your biggest rock star moment when you felt like, dang, like, like this is it right now? Like up until this point, like I've never felt this good doing something. Things are really happening. Um, yeah. yeah. So those kind of those kind of feelings are just now starting to come in, and it's it's a testament again to how long and how hard you have to work in an industry that has such a barrier to where. You put so much time, so much money, lots of years and years and years, and a whole lot of money into the music, and then it starts turning around. You know, you're usually losing a whole lot of money and a whole lot of time until until you cross that line where then it starts turning a profit and and you start building yeah. a fan base. Um, I would say probably this past record, my sophomore album, which dropped what is today, like uh, a month ago tomorrow. Uh, one of my songs, Die Down, made a playlist on Spotify with like 3 million followers, New Music Friday, which was like insane to me because the same day yeah. it was like J. Cole's Middle Child was headlining that playlist. And I was like, dang. I was like the second to last song on the playlist. And I was like, dang. <laughs> yeah, I'm on the same playlist as J. Cole. So that, that was a, yeah. did, per, uh, a nice get, little rock star moment. Didn't you get like, like over 10,000 plays or something that first day yeah. just from that playlist? Yeah, in like twelve hours, it was insane. It was like ten thousand, um, and so hopefully, you know, over like a week, it ended up almost being like seventy-five thousand. So nice. That was crazy. That that was a really good feeling, um, and I hope, I hope that's a tribute to the time and effort that not just me, but the whole t- team puts into the the quality art that I make, but also a tribute to you know the people around me and, and myself to kind of know what we're doing and know how to market the music and. And it, it's it's a uh, foreshadowing of things to come, hopefully. Yeah, man. And that was kind of a sleeper song for you, right? That wasn't something that you were like promoting as a single or anything. No, that one. Someone just chose two, it. We had two technical singles, um, Vegeta, which released as a single, and then All I Know, which was track number two on the record. But that was just like, you get this as a gratification track if you pre-order. So technically it's a single, but not really. And Die Down was just, I like to put my best songs um, second and third on mm-hmm. a record because I feel like those are the most important. The intro has to like yeah. catch the ears of people and then you have to hit them. I, I don't like to wait. I want to hit them with my best mm-hmm. um, on the record, second, third, back to back. And I felt like All I Know and Die Down were the best songs, at least my favorite songs. I like Die Down. So... It was about a week after the our New York show, I believe, because we ended we did the New York show like late June. Yeah, and then twenty ninth or something like that. I did a show in Michigan where I opened for Stephen Malcolm, and there was a producer there who who ran the whole show and like booked both of us. Who showed me the beat for Die Down, and I was like, dude, I had and it was originally supposed to be like a producer song. He wanted me to get on it, and I was like, no, dude, I need this. This is I need this to be my song. So I. I paid the producer, um, <laughs> and he's actually featured on the track. The producer uh, Jude, 
he used to Jude Barclay. He, uh, I think he used to go by like DJB. Um, okay. But he was on the track too, and he he knew Caleb Cruz, and Caleb Cruz killed the hook. So I liked that song a lot from the beginning, but I didn't know that it had that much appeal. So that was that was a nice feeling. Yeah. Now, now, what about on the flip side? What do you think has been your biggest like failure so far in your artist career? Um, I mean, I guess there's always that feeling of what more could I have done and what more could I be doing? Um, and obviously, if I was the perfect human in the perfect world, I'd be doing you know such and such and such, such and such and such each and every day for twelve hours a day with the one vision and goal in mind. And while sometimes that happens, sometimes, I mean, life is life and I had my own trials and tribulations just as an imperfect human being. Uh, you're just trying to figure out life at 25. Um, mm-hmm. And so it doesn't always work out like that. But I mean, I, the way I think want to start thinking about it as I improve just as a person and an artist is like, I don't want to be able to look back at 75 and say, dang, from when I was 24 to 25, 26, like I could have been doing all this. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And so that's one thing I'm, you know, I'm definitely starting to work on. Yeah. I mean, and, and that's good. Like I said before, you, you've just since I've known you, you've set forth some goals and you've actually accomplished them. So that, yeah. that's a good way. Especially to it's kind funny of look at the things. ones that we've actually personally talked about were the ones that have, we've kind of both seen be accomplished as we both grow as we as we both grown in the genre which has been cool um just you yeah. as an influencer and a writer and me is obviously trying an artist trying to make it um just funny i keep forgetting about that one fall that fall 2016 combo dude i keep forgetting about that that's good so feels like so long ago i guess it kind of is so long ago yes it's almost, it's almost three years, years ago that was crazy that that means that i've been like unemployed from an actual like nine to five office job for over three years which is hey, that's crazy great. to me yeah. i've just that's been a good, working, uh, that's a good working yeah. uh you know at, just like an indie artist sometimes having that uh that work from home thing is like well you know i could use some more money so going yeah. to an office is kind of like getting a label <laughs> to back you right working yeah, working yeah. for the man is is working <laughs> for a lady yeah yeah i feel that so i gotta i gotta grind extra hard so i'm i'm navigating the space with you man and i think i think there is some validity to what you said like we're kind of both just figuring this thing out and mm-hmm. uh doing it the best we can and setting goals along the way and right. you set a bunch of small goals um that way you can beat them because if you hit the mark too high right, you're yeah. just like oh i'm always failing you just keep failing right right yeah so i don't know Not let's talk that. let's talk more <laughs> but, sure. um, yeah, all right so so tell me now about your project neon a somewhat adamant sequel which is uh, which is a mouth it, it is a mouthful it but, is, yeah. You can just you can just go by neon. But it is important because it completes the story it. that you've you've set forth before. So let's talk about that record. Sure. Yeah, I'd say a, a better word is even continues the story because I'm not I'm not quite done with it. The the, uh, yes. the original idea was back in uh, 2017 was to create like a trilogy of albums, uh, including my debut album, which was Afterglow, and I and I did a subtitle Afterglow, a somewhat complicated story because. 
I mean, that's just how life felt and feels at the time. That it's like complicated, but not that complicated. You know, it's life. It's a it's a big it's a mm-hmm. mammoth to uh, to navigate. So sometimes it's like it's extremely complicated. Sometimes it's just like, well, dude, you know, it's not it's not that hard. Um, but uh, so that was that was the idea in making that album. That was my debut album, and that was where I put so much time and effort because that was the first kind of music where I had already graduated from college. And I could devote so much more time and effort and money into music. And um, I think it shows on that debut album, Afterglow, which was December, December 17th. Yeah. Um, and so for this one, after uh, living with OB in uh, Oklahoma, we, we had talked about even when the debut album was releasing about doing an EP together. Um, and so we created for like six months and released that EP, which was a separate. So I have a, I usually have a theme and, uh, and, and connecting titles and stuff with, with my projects. Um, and usually it revolves around a light theme or something. So you get yeah. dawn, you get, you get afterglow and then, uh, the, the EP with, with OB was a separate thing. It was really dope music. It's really fun to make. Um, and then after we released that, I sat down to make the sequel to Afterglow. And again, it's just where I'm at in life at this moment. Um, and I, I sat and thought about just certain themes um, that related to my life and to my music. And the word adamant came up because, you know, it's it's uh, it's strong, it's forceful. It's something that, that is unbending, I guess, is the Merriam-Webster dictionary definition. And mm-hmm. I... I wanted to call it, you know, a somewhat adamant sequel because there's just so much in my life that is very, this is it and this is how it goes. This is truth and this is blah, blah, blah. But then there's also, like I said, again, man, life's a beast. Um, and so some of those things that started feeling like very strict lines start becoming very hazy um, as you're, as you're living on a day-to-day basis and just, just living life in general. So um yeah i guess that was a huge mouthful to, to explain so that was the sophomore <laughs> album neon um and then i just loved i like neon a lot and i was like what's a cool way to to continue this light theme and after afterglow i thought it'd be cool to you know as that sunset goes into like a night and you get this neon and and um i did kevin hackett did the artwork for it i did the monster um yeah and we dropped that like we said a month ago and that is the, the continuing of the story because what we have planned for my third album is the finale. So you might hear that first. I am continuing that whole uh, that whole trilogy, that album story. Oh man, Eric Eric hasn't even told me about this off the record. <laughs> so so it worked so out that, too well. This ended up being a nice little uh, preview teaser. So oh man. So that's my next question. What are you working on and what is next? So right now I'm currently just working on, I guess it'll be singles, but not for sure yet. I'm just sitting down and trying to make the best music possible um, while also trying to set up. I want to do uh, like some sort of a mini tour or tour in 2019 and, and try and do, you know, I'll be able to do in my first full year of doing music outside of school um as like a pri as like a priority passion uh, business i guess um i was yeah. able to do like 10 12 shows and i want to get that number to like 25 30 which is pretty ambitious but i think with enough you know like hard hard work and 
and going about it the right way business-wise, I think, I think it's possible. So just making the best music possible and then deciding whether, you know, I wait on it to release it as an album or, or release them as singles. And, and that, that it's, it's a lot easier to determine those once the music is done and you can kind of tell like, you know, this deserves to be a single or this deserves to be a music video or this can wait. Um, and hopefully just keep just keep getting better in what I'm doing and smarter business wise in what I'm doing. Just keep seeing growth, which has been cool because as steady and small as the growth has been since the beginning, there has always mm-hmm. been growth. So it's that's a promising thing. Yeah. I, I remember you telling me, like even when you came out here for New York, like shows was kind of like the one thing that you didn't have going for you. Like you you can record the music, you can make good music, write good music streaming you can get all that done but it was just like you hadn't really done any shows yet Um, right yeah so do you feel like that you know the more shows you've done the more comfortable you've gotten you know the better idea of like what you you know what you can do as a performer and and like how to work a crowd and everything or do you kind of still feel like every show is is like kind of like you're you're starting from scratch again sure i think just throughout those even 10 shows that I had last year, I was able to like grow so much in, in, in the aspect of, of being a performer. Um, and so now I'm far, far more comfortable on a stage and just putting together a performance than I was when it almost felt like I didn't even know what square one was in the first show I ever did. So, um, but it's also somewhere to where I think I'm again, still way further ahead in terms of, uh, creating music than I am performing it. And that's not a knock to the performance. It's just something that, yeah. you know, I, I can work and research and study, but you, you also can't get it. Unless you do it, you're not going to get that much better. So, I mean, mm-hmm. the more shows and the more, I mean, people do hundreds, if not thousands of shows when they're, when they're before the blow up, um, if they're good, uh, before you see them live and they're like, wow, what a performance. Like, uh, yeah, sure. Just even like a pop dude. Like, so Justin Timberlake came, I, I'm a Justin Timberlake fan. So if anyone isn't and hates him, I guess they can call off the uh, podcast. It, now. It, it, it's, it's hard to hate him. He's super talented and really I good. Know, he's, he's <laughs> so good. He, and he performed in San Antonio and the show was just insane. I was thinking, dang, how does someone do that? And I was like, this dude's been performing since he was like, an eight-year-old kid on the Mickey Mouse Club. Like, he's yeah. had a lifetime of performances. I'm like, it makes you feel a little better, but, like, um, it's it's cool to see people like that and, like, study it. I, I remember trying to, like, throughout the show, trying to balance, like, just having fun and being entertained and also, like, okay, how's he doing his stage performance there? And then, I'm in, you know, blah, 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 just stuff like that. So i definitely say it's an area where I need to grow in, but also where I'm far more comfortable than I was even back in that new york show yeah okay and the final question final question here we go eric heron in 2019 what is the key for the survival of the artist i think it's i think it's twofold there's like the uh you know as being a christian artist there's going to be the, the just absolute truths that people have and probably have stated on your podcast before it's just um, and at the end of the day, everything that, that has been done, uh, is being done and will be done, you know, by the hand of God. Um, so just, just trusting in him and, and believing what his truths are, um, 
and, and you'll survive as an artist if it's meant to be. And then at the end of the, and then on the other hand, there's the, the practical, you know, personal um, steps that people have who have trains or who want to be a musician like myself. And it's to make the absolute best quality music I can make and do it in a smart way and do it without compromising and do it well enough to where people can notice, but also, you know, be, be a businessman and be able to, uh, to understand how the industry you're in works and how to navigate that industry and 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 promoting it in such a way to where the people who will enjoy it get to hear it in the flood of music that we get in today's culture. So wrapping all that up in one little bundle <laughs> and uh, and thinking about it every day and putting it to uh, putting it to work. It's how putting, I'm going to survive in 2019. Putting that into one spirit bomb. And letting yes. it fly. There you go save, with the Dragon Ball Save the day. The last save interview the I had, the guy didn't know what Dragon Ball Z was, which was very saddening. Oh, man. Come on, you have a song named Vegeta. I know. You, I know. Uh, you obviously know what you're doing. I'll take notes. I mean, that, that was the most important thing here. But everybody, this has been. Eric Heron, episode 14 of Survival of the Artist podcast. He dropped some knowledge for us in 2019. I am confident that he's going to have a huge next couple of years. Yeah, man, that's it. I, I'm really looking forward to what you got coming next. And, and and I look forward to covering you as you continue to grow. And that's it. Yeah, that's all, that's it, all I got to say. That's all I got to say. Gotcha. I appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me on this, man. It was fun. Yes. Thank you for giving me the time. And uh, that's it, everybody. Stay tuned for the next episode of Survival of the Artist Podcast. Peace.